Welcome back to another edition of Real Talk Sports. I'm Luke. I'm Jack. And today we're going to cover a little bit about what happened this past weekend in March Madness. Jack's going to talk about the NHL. We're going to debate a little bit about the NBA and who the MVP is. Uh, talk a little M- MLB and then wrap it up with 30 seconds face uh, FaceTime. So let's start with talking about what just happened in the Elite Eight over the last two days. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting Elite Eight, actually. Uh, one of the most surprising uh, games to me was Oregon-Kansas. Uh, Kansas obviously coming off the uh, huge blowout of Purdue, uh, making them look silly on the court, beating them by 32 points, and then showing up against Oregon, and uh, they got their butt kicked uh, themselves. Uh, Oregon, their defensive schemes in this game, they seem to confuse Kansas's guards, Mason and Graham, uh, with a combination of 3-2 zone, 1-3-1 zone, and man-to-man. Uh, they just couldn't get a flow, Kansas could. It was crazy to me because Kansas, through their first three games of this tournament, looked absolutely mm-hmm. untouchable. You know, they, they win their first round by 40-plus, beat Michigan State by 20 when Michigan State, you know, we, we know their history in the tournament. They're really good. Izzo always steps up. And then you go and beat Purdue by 30-plus. So I saw this being closer than all those games, but I did not see Oregon going and beating that by 15. No, no chance. Uh, one of the other games, pretty awesome, uh, South Carolina and Florida. Uh, South Carolina and Florida played earlier this year, obviously, both in the SEC. It was really the most boring game I watched all year, but this time around, pretty exciting. Yeah, South Carolina, man, they just continue this run that they've had throughout yeah. this tournament. You know, you beat Duke, you beat Marquette that a lot of people didn't see coming, mm-hmm. and you march all the way through to the Final Four. And with a team like Gonzaga, who also has a lack of program history at this yeah. point in the Final Four and National Championship, it's up for grabs for them, and they can really uh, add to this this run that they've had. Yeah, both of these teams, this is their uh, first uh, appearance in the Final Four, both uh, Gonzaga and South Carolina, and Gonzaga looked pretty impressive against Xavier. Yeah, Gonzaga, um, we disagree on this. Yeah. I actually am not a big fan of the Zags. The thing that I dislike about Gonzaga is they have a Power 5 roster playing mm-hmm. in a non-Power 5 league. I think if you take a lot of teams from other conferences that were maybe fifth best team, like like a team like Michigan, you put them in the WCC, and they might only finish with three losses in the regular season, just like Gonzaga did, and that's the difference between a one seed and a seven seed. I think if you put Gonzaga in an ACC, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-10, Pac any of the other uh, Power 5 conferences, don't get me wrong, they'd still be a top 25, maybe even top 10 team. But I also think that playing in the WCC gives them a chance to get a one seed a lot more than other teams. Yeah, you're right. It does give them advantage, but you got to look at the out-of-conference too. They beat teams like Iowa State, Florida, and a two-seed Arizona. So they definitely uh, proved themselves in the out-of-conference. I agree. They earned it, definitely. Um they also, to back my point, <laughs> they've had a very fortunate draw so far. Yeah, Part of yeah, that yeah. is the bracket playing out just in their favor, which is they can't control. They're doing what they should do. Yeah. But, you know, to play Northwestern, who first ever tournament appearance, mm-hmm. this was viewed as a success, even though they lost in the round of 32. And then they did beat a really good West Virginia team, yeah. stifling defense, came out by three, great game, absolutely phenomenal finish. Um, then you draw Xavier an 11 seed. Yeah. And now you've got South Carolina. I mean, you're looking at four of their five games through a championship potential run. Seven seed or higher. Only yeah. only one of them was a ranked team this season. Yep. Uh, one of the other great games this tournament just happened, uh, Kentucky and UNC. These are two of the most athletic teams in college basketball that showed throughout the game up and down both ways. Monk ties it with about seven seconds left. And then out of all guys, Luke May scores with uh, .5 seconds left for uh, the win. Yeah, Luke May, I mean, this this is a dude that's pulling um, the Grace, Grayson Allen, pulling yeah. the Spike Albright, just, just stepping up when the team needs him. Nobody saw it coming, and he's been absolutely vital the last two rounds. And, you know, Kentucky looked really good coming off that UCLA win. I thought they had it, what it take what it would take to beat UNC in this one, but 
now veteran leadership just proved to be a little bit too much. Yeah, speaking of uh, veteran leadership, uh, South Carolina obviously going to take on Gonzaga in the Final Four. Sendarius Thornwell, he's been a top three player in this entire tournament. If not really the best one, he's going to go up against another couple of guys that have some veteran leadership in Nigel Williams, Gosson, Karnowski. Who do you like in that one? So I've got actually South Carolina. I think that what they've done this tournament has them riding so high. Not that Gonzaga isn't riding high as well, but, you know, South Carolina's had the tougher path to this point, and I think that that just kind of plays into why they're ready and more prepared for this situation than, than Gonzaga is. So I've got them in a really close game. South Carolina going to the national championship, continue, continuing the Cinderella run. Yeah, and the way I see it, I got Gonzaga in this one. Uh, Thornwell, obviously, he's going to be an impossible matchup for Gonzaga, uh, 31 points in his last game. But Williams, Goss, and Karnowski are going to be two brutal uh, matchups for South Carolina, and I, I see two tough matchups as better than one. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Gonzaga here. So let's talk about the other side then. You've got Oregon, the team that you know just upset Kansas, had a really tight one against Michigan that could have gone either way if Derek Walton Jr. hits that last yeah. second shot. You're talking about potentially Michigan being here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Dylan Brooks, Tyler Dorsey, been absolutely massive. And how about my boy Jordan Bell? Almost a triple-double yeah, with exactly. blocks. So you got them taking on UNC. UNC trying to make it back-to-back national championship appearances. Yep. How do you think this plays out? Uh, I got UNC in this one. I think they're on a little bit of a destiny run after uh, the brutal finish last year, losing uh, to a buzzer beater against Villanova in the national championship game. I think UNC has too many playmakers on this team. Josh Jackson obviously being the the big one, but Meeks down low, uh, Joel Berry on the outside. It's just too much, uh, I think, for Oregon to handle, even with Bell stepping up. Yeah, so I actually disagree with this pick as well. I think the way that Tyler Dorsey and Dylan Brooks are playing throughout this tournament is just absolutely phenomenal. It's little less Kemble Walker-ish, but it kind of is reminiscent of that. You know, these guards are just taken over, and they've beaten two of the best backcourts in the entire country in back-to-back games against yeah. Kansas and Michigan. So, And with Jordan Bell seemingly being better than Chris Boucher, which nobody saw coming, mm-hmm. I think that that can be enough to carry them and ha- give us a South Carolina versus Oregon National Championship that everybody had penciled in. Oh, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I do see that, though. Uh, UNC is a pretty similar team to Kansas, so they definitely have a great chance. Uh, I personally have UNC beating Gonzaga in the national championship game that you have. So with the Oregon-South uh, Carolina national championship that I have, I think, once again, the the backcourt is just too much. They're going to continue to carry the load. Dylan Brooks, Tyler Dorsey, they both have ice in their veins, and, and they both know how to shut a crowd up real quick. Yeah, they do. Kansas yeah. got into it, you know, seemingly a, a home game for them in Kansas City. And every single time Kansas got on a run, closed it, and it seemed like they were taking all the momentum. Yep. It would get late in the shot clock. You'd think they're playing great defense. And then all of a sudden, Tyler Dorsey or Dylan Brooks bails them out with another yeah. three. That's just dagger after dagger after Dorsey dagger. Dorsey did the same thing against Rhode Island, too, with 35 seconds left they, training that three. They've been absolutely amazing throughout this tournament. And I, like I said, I think that's enough to carry them to a national championship. Yep. All right, well, that's enough for uh, March Madness. We're going to go on NHL right now. Uh, obviously, the Blue Jackets have an amazing season right now. They're currently at 103 points with just a couple games to go. They're three points behind the Washington Capitals and for first place in the Metropolitan Division. They're also tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins, their rival. Uh, my problem, though, is with the entire playoff situation, the system that it uh, is in. The fourth team in our division is the New York Rangers, and they'll get to play the first place team from the other division, The weird thing about this is that the Rangers actually have more points than the other team, uh, the first place team in the other division. So two of the best three teams in the entire league, Blue Jackets and Penguins, will 
play each other in the first round of the playoffs, and one of them will be gone. Honestly, you see this a lot in all the major sports, this one especially. I think it's dumb that, you know, when you look at a team like, uh, I mean, a conference like even the Western Conference in the NBA, you know, you got the Spurs, you got Golden State, and you got Houston Rockets, mm-hmm. who would all be uh, right there in the Eastern Conference winning it or in, or in second place right with the Cavs. But yet one of them is going to have to play each other in the second round. You're going to get what looks like a Spurs versus Houston Rockets second round series, even though, you know, other teams in the other conference are not anywhere close near as good in the regular season. Yeah, it's also uh, pretty similar to the NL Central the last couple of years uh, in MLB. Obviously, the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Pirates, two of those teams have to play in the wild card, and one of them obviously gets eliminated. Um, I'm partially a fan of of kind of taking advantage of the fact that, you know, you've got the divisions. Sometimes you're going to have uh, seasons where your division is, is bad and you, yeah. can get, you can take advantage of it, but then you also get the unfortunate circumstances of when your, divi- your division is really good and you are at you're at a downward spiral because of it, because you can't control the fact that someone like the Washington mm-hmm. Capitals has 106 points yeah. while yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh and Columbus both have 103. I mean, you just, it's, it's an unfortunate draw and I think there is a fix to it, but I also think that, you know, it's, it's comes down to every season. If you, if you get lucky enough for your division to have a down year, take yep. advantage of it and keep clawing fighting. If, if it is one of the up years and, and it's really tough. Yeah. And the way I see it playing out, in the Metropolitan Division, uh, Washington with 106, three points ahead of both the Blue Jackets and the Penguins. I think they do get that first seed. Uh, they're going to get home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. Uh, Blue Jackets, though, I do think they do get that second seed uh, over the Penguins. Uh, CBJ plays Penguins once and the Capitals once in the last eight games. So they do have their opportunities to take first uh, seed. I just don't see it quite playing out with how well the Caps are playing. Yeah, so, with, so when you're a... Uh situation you have obviously Pittsburgh versus Columbus in the first round yep how important is that home ice can that is that a seven game series and and home ice decides it in the seventh game you know these Penguins and the Blue Jackets have played such close games in the past obviously throughout last year or two years ago's playoffs and this year two games have gone to overtime both at Nationwide Arena it's very imperative that the Blue Jackets get that uh, second seed in the Metropolitan Division just in case it goes to a seventh uh, seventh game in the series I think the home team wins it in seven games, actually. So that means that you would see Washington meeting Columbus. Yeah, I do see Washington beating Columbus. They're just playing too well this year. How does that series play out? Uh, I think it goes to six games. I think the Blue Jackets give them a serious run for their money, but it kind of ends in the same fashion as the Blue Jackets and Penguins series uh, two years ago. So we know the history of the Washington Capitals. Every single year, it seems like they're right there, if not first in the entire league in points. What makes this team different than in years past when they blew it? I think they know that this is one of their last chances with Ovechkin getting old and their salary cap being so high. They're going to have to sell players off in the near future. This team is way too good not to make it to the Stanley Cup, if not win it. So with that being said, if Bob continues to play the way Bob plays, is that enough to carry the Blue Jackets to a Stanley Cup? You know what? I think it is. The problem for this team has been scoring goals lately, a lot of one nothing, 2-1 games. That's not going to work in the playoffs. Your goalie's bound to have a bad night at some point. I know Bob, over his last eight games, is averaging less than a goal allowed. That's unbelievable. He's probably going to get his second uh, goalie of the year trophy, the Vezina Trophy, in the NHL. Really impressive stuff he's been uh, performing. But 
Braden Holtby, the the goalie for the Caps, he's he's just as good, if not better, than Bobrovsky. They're the top two in the uh, in the NHL right now. So that series, it's going to come down to goaltending for sure. So to finish this off, your pick to win the Stanley Cup is? I think it's going to be the Washington Capitals over the Chicago Blackhawks in seven games. All right, there you got it. So now we're going to go to NBA. We're going to talk a little bit about the top seeds in both conference right now and whether it matters if Boston and San Antonio are able to uh, dethrone Cleveland and Golden State atop the conference standings at the end of the regular season, and then we'll we'll finish it off with the MVP debate. So talking about the top seeds in both conferences right now, Golden State seems to be getting hot again after having a slump. Cleveland seems to still be slumping. Yeah, but pretty much the way you say it, uh, I mean, Warriors, they've won a bunch of games in a row. Uh, Cavs really sliding again. Celtics, I think they do need that, that home field uh, advantage in the playoffs. Uh, obviously not quite as much talent, especially when Love gets back, especially when J.R. Smith gets back. They're going to be at a loss of talent. They need that extra home game in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I definitely think home uh, home court advantage would be massive for Boston, but I still think that there's a little bit too much of a talent discrepancy. Yeah, I, I think you're right, but it, it always helps. It I mean, always to have helps. that seventh game just in case. I think it, the series does end in six, but in case it does get to seven, Boston will have that opportunity. I think, uh, you know, until I see somebody beat LeBron in this run of, uh, uh, what is it going to be, seven straight if he yeah, gets it this year? Yeah, that's a lot. Seven straight NBA finals. I, I can't pick against him as of right now, so – I think even if Boston does get home home court advantage, which would be massive, don't get me wrong, I still don't see them being able to beat Cleveland in a seven-game series. I do, however, think that if San Antonio, obviously same thing as Boston, home court advantage is huge. I think San Antonio is capable of beating Golden State, even if they don't have court yeah, court advantage. Yeah, I mean, Warriors have a ton of talent, probably more than the Cavs on paper, but the Spurs are such a well-coached team, and to steal that home game from Golden State – uh, obviously an impossible place to play, really. The Cavs proved that wrong, but usually most of the time it's very difficult to play in Oracle Arena uh, where the Golden State plays. So Spurs can steal that home game. Kawhi Leonard could definitely make a difference in that series at home uh, in that seventh game. I know it was the very first game of the season, but if you watched it, San Antonio went and beat them at Oracle oh, by, by 30. 30 yeah. By 30. So I think you know Kawhi Leonard being the defensive just claw that he yeah. is and an absolute force to be reckoned with, that is tough to um, go against, and you know the system has proven time and time again yeah. that Spurs are going to continue to be a competitor under Greg Popovich. And all it takes is the Warriors to have one bad shooting night, and that goes for them more than I'd say any team in the NBA with Klay Thompson, Curry, and Durant being streaky shooters like that. Uh, all all it takes is one cold night for the Warriors, and the Spurs are going to dethrone them in the West. See, that's the big thing to me about the Warriors right now. Kevin Durant is still sitting out. It's going to be tough to come back from that injury if he does. We don't yeah. know the the validity of – not validity, but um, seriousness of this mm-hmm. injury. So until that is further displayed and we can figure out what's up with it, um, you know, I, I got to pick the Spurs just because of the fact that, you know, you know how they're going to play. You know what they're going to get while Kevin Durant can be make or break for the Warriors. Yeah, and – the Western Conference obviously has two of the leading MVP candidates, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Who you got there? So this is really tough to me because it's been amazing watching Russell Westbrook, and I know how bad OKC would be without him. But James Harden is doing almost as much, statistically speaking, and he's got his team in third place in the Eastern Con- in the Western Conference behind, a, uh, obviously, one of the best rosters of all time with Golden State and maybe the best coach team of all time with Greg Popovich. So... 
I've actually got uh, James Harden winning it really, really close just because of the fact that seeding plays into this and yeah. his team has seen that success. What do you? Who do you have? Uh, seeding does obviously play a pretty important part at, uh, in, in the situation, but if you're going to break the triple-double du- record in the NBA and lead the league in scoring, I don't know how you're not the MVP. That's really all I have to say about that. Yeah, it's definitely, don't get me wrong, no disrespect to Russell Westbrook. I would not have a problem if he did win it. I just think that, you know, there's something to be said about a guy who is also putting up yeah. a bunch of triple-doubles. Yeah. Also, and W's. And W's. W's. It's W's are massive. Yeah. So uh, that's it for the NBA. We'll talk a little bit about MLB. So picks for each conference. Um, You know, Indians last year, total collapse. Yeah. We all know how the 3-1 jokes played out yeah. for the Warriors, but then it came back to bite Cleveland in the butt. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, personally Cleveland can avenge that loss last year. You're going to get a healthy Michael Brantley back, yep. hopefully speaking. Jason Kipnis is injured right now, but I think he's going to come back. He's going to be okay. And Indians just need to get by. Terry Francona is maybe the best manager in the, in the entire league. Yeah. And the talent on paper, if Jose Ramirez continues to play the, the way he did, if the if the starting rotation continues to to just you know shut teams down, and, and the addition of Edwin Encarnacion, oh, yeah, cleanup batter, never had anything like that in Cleveland yeah. since, since the 97 uh, World Series. So I think that's enough to get us at least back. Yeah. And who the, who's the team from the NL that'll match up with them in the World Series then? You um, you can't pick against the Cubs. They were yeah. young last year. They're going to continue to get better. They Same did, team back pretty much. They did lose a Roldis, but, you know, yeah. it, it, I don't think it's too big of a deal. No. He, he was he was honestly – I don't blame him for it. I blame Joe Madden, but he's almost the reason that the Cubs blew that seven game. That yeah. seventh game. Oh, yeah. he, he gave up the home run in the eighth to Rajay Davis that tied it and – if it weren't for a rain delay, I really think Cleveland would have won yeah. it. It was in the Cubs' control the entire game until Chapman stepped in. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I don't know what Joe Madden was doing. But anyway, so Cubs, you know, Chris Bryant, going to yeah. continue to be Chris Bryant. Kyle Schwarber, one of the yeah. best hitters in the world. I think that they continue to get back. But I actually, this season, I see this playing out how Kansas City Royals did, mm-hmm. where they went to Game 7 in the World Series, lost the Giants, came back, won the following year. I think Cleveland this year finds a way to get it done. Terry Franco. Francona gets himself another uh, World Series ring, and we continue to see the development of Francisco Lindor and, and yeah. his face start to become a major major part of the MLB and its brand. Yeah, I, th- I think the Cubs, the Cubs do get back, but that's a loaded conference. Uh, obviously, the Pirates, the Cardinals, the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers have a really good chance this year, uh, as well as the Cubs. So that should be interesting in the NL, but I do agree. The Indians do seem to have the most returning talent to their team. So the, the teams that I like to watch this year is Houston after adding Carlos Beltran. I think this year, this past season, they had Carlos Correa. They had the MVP, Jose Altuve. But, um, you know, they just they just started slow and couldn't quite climb back into it. I think they're going to start off better this year and find a way to win the, the AL West. They're and a little young last year. They're, they're mm-hmm. continuing to go up, and I see them winning the AL West this year over a Rangers team that won a lot of close ball games last year that, that might not play out the same way this year with them. So um, Boston is obviously going to be a problem. Yeah, Again, the Red Sox, Red Sox have a major lineup with, with Bogarts and um, – you know, that entire lineup, even without Poppy, is going to be something to um, to look for. And uh, I think Kansas City can get back. I think they're a good team. But, yeah. you know, uh, the, the other thing I want to talk about is we look at the NBA, and a lot of times we can make an argument for LeBron for being the MVP. Mm-hmm. And I think this year you could even – if he got the MVP, I would not be upset about that no. either. Yeah. 
I think Trout is going to start getting the LeBron treatment. I think that we are expecting so much greatness from Mike Trout that it's going to be taken advantage of. Yeah. And and we're going to see him continue to put up 300-plus batting average, 30-plus home runs, you know, over 100 RBIs, 100, uh, 80 to 100 runs. Yeah. And, and he's going to continue to um, just overachieve, and, and we're going to take it for granted, and we're going to stop giving him the the MVPs like he deserves. And is that because his team doesn't necessarily do well in the playoffs? See, I think that's a big part of it. But the thing is with baseball, one man can't control a game like the yeah. way NBA can. You know, you, you can go and you can hit a home run, but you can't pitch and force the other team to score zero yeah, runs. Yeah, pitching is definitely the most important part. Yeah. So I don't see how you can fault him if his team's success isn't good. Yep. Even though, you know, that should, in my opinion, also can contribute to, like, why a player individual wins it. All right, well, that's it for our sports, and now we're going to go to 30-second FaceTime. You want to go first? Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about Drake's album. I am one of the biggest Drake fans you will ever find, but I'm tired of this dude trying to rap. Don't get me wrong, he's not a good, he's not a bad rapper, but he's not a great rapper either. This dude is one of the best singers in the world, Mm -hmm. maybe the best. And I want another album like Take Care. Take Care was his best stuff. His peak was five years ago. <laughs> and, and, and he just sang and sang and sang, and he put people in their feelings, yeah. and he just he made the catchy songs. And now it seems like he's trying to be uh, something he's something that he's not. And I, and I want to see Drake go back to what Drake was on Take Care and, and just be a singing boy again. So yeah. love you, Drake, but I need you back. I want to talk about how important uh, the Blue Jackets and their first playoff series is to this city. This is going to be such a huge playoff series, whether it's against against Pittsburgh or Washington. They need to show the NHL and their fan base that they have grown up. Uh, It's been 17 years, zero playoff series wins, only two playoff game wins, and that must change. Fan base will go crazy. We know that uh, for a playoff series win, especially, especially if it's against Pittsburgh. Uh, lead to many more sellouts in the future, something that can only help uh, the city, and probably a winter classic game in the horseshoe against the Penguins, which I don't know about you, but that'd probably be the best sporting event to ever oh, come yeah. to Columbus. You're going to get 70,000, 80,000 people packed yeah. to that stadium, and, and probably one of the biggest rivalries in all of hockey right now with, with two of the best teams yep. in the league. You know, it'd be absolutely insane to be at. So, yeah, it's it's got to be the most important playoff series in this uh, in this franchise, and I'm looking forward to it. So do you think before we wrap this up, do you think that this is like a one year stand? What is the what is the title window for Blue Jackets with this roster See, they have in, in unlike, place right now? Unlike Washington, Washington probably has two years left. Pittsburgh's I think I think they're going to be around a while just just because they're Pittsburgh. But I think the Blue Jackets actually have a pretty long time. You know, their best player right now is only like twenty eight. He's got a he's got a long way to go with Cam Atkinson. They have a young core, a lot of young defensemen. They'll be around, I'd say, five, six years. That's awesome. Well, all right. I'm Luke. I'm Jack. We thank you for tuning in again to Real Talk Sports. Please feel free to hit us with a retweet and like. It would be a great deal to us. We yeah, are trying to, build, love. trying to build a brand, and uh, it would be awesome. So we look forward to coming back next week, and uh, thank you for tuning in. Thanks.